FCS football podcast with Joe DeLeon. Well, let's get fat. And Sean Anderson. I am a soothsayer. You're tuned in to another episode of the Believe in FCS football podcast, your go-to source for FCS football analysis. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by my former teammate at the University of Rhode Island, Sean Anderson. We're here to continue our updates on college football and what has been going on in the FCS landscape. Today's episode is going to talk a little bit about FCS stuff, but we want to finish up with a a long discussion relating to what's going on in the Pac-12 and what their players are doing to take a stand on issues related to racial injustice, player equity, equality, as well as protecting themselves against COVID. We're going to get to that at the end of the show. The first stuff that we have to talk about, which is the most relevant because it's FCS-related content, the NEC was the latest conference this past week to say that there will be no fall sports. Now, that's not really much of a surprise, Sean, because we were predicting that if any of these smaller conferences were to go, they were going to be the first ones to go. NEC was thrown out there by us. Pioneer League was thrown out there by us, which I would not be shocked if they were one of the next conferences to choose to to go down and not play. Meanwhile, there's a lot of conferences that are still trying to make that effort to play, particularly the Big South. And at Big South Media Day, Mike Minter, their head coach, former player in the NFL for multiple seasons, he had a really interesting thought on possibly adjusting schedules to protect players better and also prevent major shutdowns during the season. That idea that he pitched was saying that they should have alternating weeks that a game should be played, then there should be a week off, and then there should be another game. And that should continue on throughout the season to allow for if someone hypothetically does get sick, they have enough time to react. What, Sean, what, what's that face you're giving me right there? Can you imagine? Can you imagine playing a game and losing, and then you get a whole week off before the next game prep week? So you just spend a week correcting everything. And then the next you, week is, is preparing and... Oh my goodness. It's all like it's all gonna be Sunday walkthrough, except yes. it's gonna be full pads for four days. <laughs> I cannot even <laughs> Oh my goodness, that sounds wretched. But honestly, but if it we're makes doing, the most but, sense though. Yes, it's a good plan. It does. It, <laughs> I'm just coming from a, a, a player standpoint of, of still viewing practice as sometimes being practice. Uh but precautionary, I don't mind that because you get more time. You can have um, a chance to really recuperate and make sure everything's going to be okay for the next week, or at least the best that you can get it for the for the upcoming week. Uh, I, I think that when you really get into the throes of a season, some of the the early minutia that you go over in the beginning of the season that you try to um, incorporate, they they sometimes fall by the wayside. Uh, and definitely in a situation like this, you don't want player safety, uh, antivirus precaution falling by the wayside. So if you do give more time, um, in a, then then I think that it's, it can allow players and teams to focus on this the importance of player safety uh, and making sure everybody is cleared and everyone's good. So I like that idea a lot, actually. Right. I'm a big uh, supporter here of any option put out there that promotes more safety. And, and I haven't heard any coaches or p- players or administrators throwing out ways to make things more dangerous, but anyone who has... 
<laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> but everything has been precautions put out there to say, all right, why don't we try this to make things even safer? So the part of the quote here that we got from Stats FCS from Coach Minter is if I was at the NFL level and I was making some of these decisions, basically I would go one game, take a week off, one game, take a week off. Of course, you're not going to get all the games in, and I know it's all about money and that TV contract, so I don't understand. Uh, so I do understand that. But that's how I would do it because it gives people two weeks to deal with any situation that comes their way. It's not necessarily just five days or four days to try to figure out how do you get somebody who just tested positive ready for the next game. And then how many people did that affect? So this thought was him saying he he spoke to his friends at the NFL level because he's a former NFL player and saying that that would work for them. But he also said, I think this could work for college football too. And I really like the point that he made of, if you think about it, somebody tests positive, somebody comes back middle of the week in that gap week, someone tests positive. Say that's your starting right tackle. You then have to prepare your backup right tackle or another lineman to bump over, somebody else to step in. You don't want to have to do that in the middle of a week. It's very different than dealing with an injury, I think, because it, it can happen at any point in time. You could be in... Uh, helmets and jerseys on a Thursday and somebody shows up and they were sick and they're not allowed to practice. Anything can happen right before a game. So it's right. It, it's just added necessary precautions that really help spread things out and keep things simple. I would support an, a, a six to eight week uh, game schedule that would be spread out over X amount of weeks. That would be huge if it was eight games, but uh, six games in a, in a 12 week schedule, that's pretty reasonable, right? I would say so. Uh, if we're, I think we're at the point where we're we're not going to see a traditional college football season, regardless. So if we can make amends to it, to 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 set it up for the best way possible, obviously, uh, it still feels like a money grab. Mm-hmm. But uh, if we're going for it, and you're going to say we're doing it, uh, you got to find the best way to to get it done. I don't I don't mind. This this gap week, I think it does it, it provides a possible solution to um, problems. It, it means that they're thinking ahead of what could happen, which I like. I like that they are trying to anticipate possibilities, whereas instead they're just set, setting down a, a a plan as as we're operating no, normally with a couple uh, additions. No, no, no. This plan is is it's already looking out for a, a possible issue to arise. And there's certainly a lot of players that want to keep playing, which is separate from schools pushing to, to make sure they make money. There are guys that want to go out there and play. Conversely, there are guys right now that are very wary of playing. We've already had Caleb Farley, a top draft uh, prospect for this upcoming class, opt out of the upcoming season. So that was a huge hit. The next wave of this was the announcement on Saturday that Pac-12 players who, who put together an article with the Players' Tribune, which is a, a tremendous publication, they put together an article that was a list of demands referencing how they want various changes. Now, the original intent here was to f- get more precautions for, for COVID and have more medical resources to protect these players. But they also used it as a, a way to include bringing up other issues when it came to likeliness, racial inequality, uh, players 
getting some additional financial compensation. There were a lot of, a lot of things that were included on this because it was a way for them to say, all right, if we're asking for demands and better protection and for you to listen to us, we might as well bring out all the issues that are on the plate here for us at this moment in time. But the, the big thing that, Sean, we want to talk about here that they brought up that I think is going to possibly create some form of a wave, if you will, is those points made about needing to be properly protected. Because if these guys don't feel safe right now, that's a problem. At the Pac-12 level, at the FBS level, if these guys don't feel safe, then why are they playing? There needs to be more done to protect these players. Right. Uh, A couple of the statements from it, Joe, if you don't mind. I'll I'll go through these quickly. Uh, But these are some of the most important that I saw. Uh, one focusing on um, any players that feel uncomfortable shouldn't be uh, about playing this season because the uh, the virus uh, shouldn't um, shouldn't lose their scholarship or any eligibility. Another one being uh, having to play this sport in a pandemic system uh, in a system without enforced health and safety standards and without transparency about COVID cases on our teams, risk to ourselves, our families, our in our communities. That's where we are pushing this possible opt out. Uh, one that really struck me. Um, because we are, uh, they, the because is because they're, this is why they wrote this. Um, we are prohibited from securing representation while being asked to sign documents that may serve as liability waivers. And Joe and I were talking about this before the show. Um, the NCAA and these major corporations, they can throw in jargon. They can be very tricky with stuff that they need to be so they can, uh, possibly expunge themselves from a future lawsuit. Now, now as players, uh, <laughs> Sometimes you just sign the medical waivers just to get through uh, the, the the preseason clearance. Mm-hmm. That, that's non-pandemic stuff. Now, with this, I'm sure the NCAA has done their own uh, attempt at due diligence to try and um, and have these um, preseason medical forms also double as liability waivers in case someone gets it, uh, the virus. That's a no-go for me. That's, that's a big no-no yeah. from the NCAA. Uh, prohibited from securing representation. No one should be uh, prohibited from securing representation. That's a nece- that's that's necessary. That's necessary. This isn't just uh, another point here. We have, we must have ad- adequate COVID testing to help protect our health. Yeah, that that's a, a given. People people know that. They understand that. That needs they to don't be a, base, a, a lot base requirement. Of, right. That's base. A lot of people don't know this securing representation point. That's something I read it to uh, uh, this morning. I'm like, wow. That is that's that's messed up if they're if that's going down. The, these players should not have um, should not just. I'm trying to go about the point of how academia can sometimes write papers in ways that a regular college student wouldn't understand if they weren't uh, constantly subjected to the jargon. Mm-hmm. Now, the medical jargon, uh, that's for like business or communications. This is straight up medical jargon and, and fields and stuff that a lot of us still don't understand. I didn't understand a, a lot of stuff on my dental dentist insurance forms that I just had to fill out. That's not in case of a, a COVID or representation or liability. This is a big deal. This one is a, a big deal for these players. The big thing that really shocked the hell out of me was the fact that these players are being asked to sign liability waivers. When I read that, I was like, what? Are you are you serious right now that these schools can't take responsibility for guys getting sick, risking their lives for representing universities on the field? If they get sick, you better bet that those schools better be paying those bills. 
Yeah. And and this probably all finds its way back to insurance companies, but that is disturbing, deeply disturbing that these guys had to include that into these demands because they feel unsafe and that they would then have to possibly front a bill for having to go to a hospital if someone had some serious medical issues. That I I always assumed that if some of these schools were trying to play that that was just going to be part of it if someone needed the necessary medical precautions that the schools would handle it but apparently not they're trying to cover their asses and all end what benefit do you have if 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 these schools aren't going to help you and they're forcing you to sign liability waivers if someone handed me a liability waiver for covid i would hope that right now i'd be smart enough to say what the hell is this why am i signing this coach coach why am i being told to sign something that is telling me if something happens while i'm risking my life for this damn school that they're not going to cover my ass. They're not going to protect me. Who is protecting me in this situation? And right now, the players are the ones who are saying, we're sick of this. We need to protect ourselves if you guys aren't going to have our backs. I see it almost as a double-edged sword, though, because a lot of players, they want to play because they understand the implications, especially seniors going into this season. But at the same time, if you're getting another year of eligibility, why would you have to sign this, this, this waiver? You know, it, that, needs, that extra year of eligibility needs to be locked down. Uh, primarily, I think that solves a lot of issues like this. Um, but, and also the, the, the schools, you know, they want that revenue. So it's, it's a matter of fact, it's a matter of, it's not like all of every single player this season doesn't want to play. And it, it's not, it also every school wants a team to play or they, it, they might not want a team to play. We've seen the cancellations and the shutdowns already. So it's a double-edged sword going into this, but regardless, every student athlete should have, the ability to know exactly what they're getting into. That is something that I think uh, schools and, and, and it, it can go back to recruiting. Sometimes you go to a school uh, and you hear these stories from players and, and friends that went to other schools, or at least I did, where, uh, you know, you go there and, and the, the, the coaches put on a good show for you on the, on the recruiting trip. And then you go there, it's nothing what you thought it was going to be. It, it, that happens a lot. And also, you know, 18 to 22 year olds sometimes can get tricked. They need to know in clear terms what they are getting into, especially with something life threatening like this virus. I'm just glad that some of these players in the Pac-12 were smart enough to to realize the issues that were arising and realize that they weren't being protected. That this is not a matter of the schools saying, oh, you guys want to play. We're going to do whatever we can to help you play. No, this is the schools and the conferences saying, all right, we need you guys to play so we don't go under or not, not even go under. I don't think any of these major conferences would go under. I think that it's strictly we need to make the money that we're going to end up losing so we can protect ourselves. We, we need that money. Yes. We want the, We want to make the amount of money that we could possibly make. We don't care what happens to you along this path. If, if we're going to be asking guys to sign liability waivers, not properly protecting them. I, I almost want to know, and we could very easily find out from talking to guys that we know that are currently preparing for seasons, what the precautions are right now. I wonder if there are even any real precautions at some of these schools in like, in like city-like areas. So Sean, there are obviously a lot of demands that were put into this thing. The, the big thing that we wanted to cover, which we've already done, is how... Players are just worried for their well-beings and the possible long-term effects that no one really knows about COVID and wanting to just not have to deal with those things, wanting to feel fully protected. And Sean, the one thing that I, I want to end this conversation with that besides all you know, all the demands and, and, and what their goal is here, 
the, these guys are, are trying to push for making things better for the future, for future athletes. And the thing that frustrates the hell out of me, and I don't know why whenever I, there's articles like this published that I decide to read through the comments on Twitter, but it frustrates the hell out of me that the fans of these programs and fans of college football and fans of college sports and professional sports feel the need to weigh in by saying, you know, take their scholarships away or, you know, they're, they're being selfish or they're being soft or they can't handle it. Uh, would you be, would these people be going out there and forcing themselves to, to put themselves into high risk situations? This isn't baseball. This is a sport. This is the most high contact sport out of any Ho- uh, hockey is, is high contact, but not in the same sense as football because it is skin to skin. It is sweat on sweat. Your bodies are not fully, uh, uh, fully covered like other sports. You're getting every type of fluid possible on, on other guys. There's guys that have said that on, on I think Patrick Chung or, or someone said that on a, on a, on a, on a show that guys cough on each other. They bleed on each other. They, they sweat on each other. Contracting and spreading is going to be so quick and easy if someone has it. And these, and, and people on social media and people in the comment section want to weigh in and say that these guys are soft and it is so sickening because they have no goddamn clue what they're talking about. They have no clue and they've never been in those situations. I don't know why these jackasses feel the need that they that their say uh, has any weight or gravity to a situation of a player and their choices. It's it's why do you think just because you're a fan of the team that you can tell somebody how to go about their business? And that's a person who who should just look in the mirror and say, hey. Uh, what do I know about this person? Or hey, why does why would this person care what I have to say? They don't. We don't. Nobody does. Nobody cares what you have to think about who deserves a scholarship, who doesn't, who should be on the team, who shouldn't. Nobody cares. Just sit down and watch the sport. It, I, I cannot uh, thank you for bringing this up, Joe. You're welcome. It, 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 that, that this stuff it just pisses me off because. It, Maybe you didn't make it and you're sad and you're alone and you're talking about how, oh, you know, if I didn't get turf toe in week eight in my junior season of high school, I'd be, you know, on Alabama now. No, you wouldn't. You sucked at sports and that's why you're just mad and you're commenting about people who are good at sports. You just need to shut up. Goodness gracious, I cannot stand these people who feel the need to interject their two cents um, for for everything for students who are in it mm. for for coaches that are in it and i get it if you want to go it, mike gundy you know i'm 40 years old i'm a man you talk to me about it go talk uh, at the coach about it go go to the people that are making the decisions not the students not the student athletes not the players who in all of this still have very little amount of power they still don't so how do you go up to upper representation if you have any real thoughts about this you jackasses and the reason why that these players have less power than they probably should is because of the continual resounding thoughts from fans that think that these young men should not have a say in what they choose to do. So it's not a good time right now. We're seeing the bad sides of a lot of people, I think. I'm hoping that we don't have listeners that fit on this the 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 spectrum of thinking that think that certain guys should lose out on scholarships and it's very frustrating for Sean and I we're one of the few shows out there I think for college football that is too recently graduated division one players I I don't think there's many other shows out there so as you can tell we feel very closely to this we we've been with guys that 
bust their asses and be through difficult, difficult times. So you need to understand our perspective. We are the closest possible perspective that you're going to get unless we interview someone who's still on a team, which we did exactly that. We brought on Ivory Frimpong, who is still on a team, and he brought a, a, a very amazing perspective and argument on, on why it, it wouldn't be really safe to pursue a season if you're at a small FCS school. So I, I, I just hope, and the goal why we keep updating and not pushing forward with these previews is because we want you as listeners to understand the perspective of, of people in these organizations, people in those locker rooms, to know what's going through their heads and not from the fans' perspective because the fans' perspective is just so far off from what it's actually like. I, th- I think so few people actually understand right. what, what, it, what it is. I don't think we're trying to come off as preachy either. No, I think no. We're just trying to be real. I, I sometimes, if if I'm listening to a, a show and the and the host starts getting a little preachy, I, it, it turns me off. So if if you feel that way, uh, <laughs> we're sorry, uh, but we're we're really not trying to preach to you. I would say um, tough if they if they feel that way. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, tough, tough luck. Yeah, that's even better. Uh, but but we're just trying to give you a real perspective, you know, and. Um, I think that's all we can do. Right. Well, hopefully this this episode does and the future episodes and past episodes do help you as fans and listeners understand everything that's going on right now. We will continue to update you. We're going to continue to do one show a week. We'll, if we have interviews lined up, we'll do a second show. But we're just going to keep doing things the way that we've been doing it so far because this is the new normal. This is what we have to talk about. We have to keep updating and bringing uh, light to the information that is, is being currently pushed out by media outlets, conferences, players, teams, universities, you name it, all that stuff. Thank you for tuning in, though, folks. As always, be sure to follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon, at Sanderson Radio. Also, follow Believe Podcasts, that's B-L-E-A-V Podcasts on Instagram and Twitter. Also, uh, rate, subscribe wherever you may be listening to us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Art19. We are all there. That's it for us. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, folks. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube